friends, welcome to another episode of the 10 Laws Podcast with East Forest. I am Mr. East Forest. Thanks so much for joining us. This week, I have a conversation with Ayla Nerio. And she is someone, if you're a fan of my music, you probably know of her music too, I guess, because we have a lot of crossover. I feel like she and I have been doing just that for many years. Like, uh, there was a cross here, a cross there, but we never actually got a chance to meet or do anything together. So... This was a great opportunity just to dive in, and I always love talking to other artists, particularly ones that are in a similar world to myself, because we get to kind of be like, is that how it is for you? Yeah, that's how it is for me too. And hey, have you ever figured this thing out? And (laughs) so we get into some of that, and I felt like we were fast friends. So I think you're going to really enjoy this uh, look into her process, creativity world, and all things of that such. Uh, Before we get into that, I just want to let you guys know uh, a a small apology about some stock in our merch shop. Apparently it was showing up as out of stock, like things like the the perfume oils and the possible vinyl and the Ramdas vinyl. But we do have those in stock, so that should be corrected very, very soon. And thank you for that support, as always, for going in there as one way to support the East Forest Project. You can also do that, if you like, by joining our Patreon for as little as $4 a month. It's one of the ways that you can support this uh, free podcast, patreon.com slash eastforest. I just did a a live stream plus an AMA over on that for everybody on the Patreon, so that was fun. And that's available, too, once we do them, if you miss it. Uh, We call it the Council, the Council on Patreon. Uh, You can go back and watch those at any time. So check that out if it interests you. And we're working on some... So all these dates... Have you heard of a thing called COVID? It has, as you know, especially for our Salt Lake City date, we had to move that three times until we had to cancel it. But we're working on potentially getting that going in September, as well as potentially uh, Denver. And so potentially also something in Austin. So all of that's just kind of like TBD. Get on our uh, email newsletter if you'd like to learn about that as soon as they are announced. Things are very dynamic, as we know. And we're just trying to move forward in a way that feels uh, proper, but also where we can still kind of move forward because, uh, you know, it's, it's been a long time of, of trying to uh, do anything. So thanks for your patience so much. And thanks for staying tuned to see what we can do there. I, I, I'd give you more details if it was official official, but we're like really, really close. So the newsletter is probably the best way to do that. Or perhaps over on social media, but sometimes things get missed. But you can try that too. Um, I don't know about you, but like the smoke in the air where we are... And all the news and everything going on. I mean, it's not news for me to say that these are trying times. But my heart tells me and has always told me that we're going to be in for more times. More tribulations and trials. It's something to do with, you know, why we're here. And if you take that attitude that we're needed, and maybe even that if you just took on the the attitude that you chose to be here. Like, what does that feel like? Whether you believe that or not, but what does that feel like? And in doing so, it really feels like what's what's called of us as we move into these times, these years, months, days ahead, is a real fortitude and an assuredness about, about why we're here. You know, why, why you choose to be here. Because if you are needed and you take on that idea, 
how do you want to walk through these times? It's not so much about what we do, and it's almost more the how. And I think we're, we need a lot of grace as we go through this. And that's something we have to call down from beyond just the feelings of our isolated ego, but grace from all that is so that we can reflect that back to each of us as we might feel a little scared or we might feel a little tired or we might need that support. And I think that's one way to do it. And really that's what this whole project is about is helping us all gain insight into our inner lives so that we can, we can build that clarity and, and that fortitude so that we know how to step forward in a way that feels clear and right to us. And in doing so, it's not just about you. It's about the world at large, all living being, all sentience, <laughs> all consciousness, all that is. I just want to throw that out there because, you know, I, went, I was out this morning walking Kaya, my pup, and uh, it was smoky, you know, and I've just, it's just, I feel like, you know, this is like how it is now in the summers and it's hard. And then you, you read news about the situation going on with the climate that's just worsening and worsening. And of course, COVID and an economic, I, I don't want to list out all the issues because I don't need to. Uh, it's just to recognize, you know, you pulling back to like, wait a minute, going down into the layers of the onion the kernel of my strength. What is it? What is it? So you're not just lost in the fray of the change. All right, my friends, thank you for walking this walk together, but let's get into this wonderful conversation with our new friend, Ayla. Well, Ayla Naria, thank you so much for hopping on the show, taking a little bit of time. Uh, I appreciate it. And where where is the spot that you're at with the bad internet? It's uh, out in the country in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains. <laughs> oh, so wait, that's like east, like in Grass Valley area? Exactly. Yeah. That's oh, the that's zone. nice. Yeah. Okay. It's hot. It's really nice. Yeah. And do you have any fire concerns out there where you are? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much all summer. <laughs> Um, yeah. I mean, we don't have an active fire. We've had a few spot fires, but we have, a, I'm just super grateful at the response time of our fire systems here. And, um, we have a, um, we have an air base pretty close to, there is a huge fire. The Dixie fire is pretty, just a bit North of us. An hour and a half. Yeah. So. so is that where you grew up or is that just where you've relocated to? Um, I grew up in Sonoma County, um, and I have been here, David and I have been here about seven or eight years. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Sonoma County, so not too far away, but also country. And is David, <laughs> uh, is known as Polish ambassador. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm piecing it all together. Yeah. And Wildlight, that project, is that also with him or is that somebody else? That's us. Yeah, that's, that's our joint too. project. <laughs> okay. So you have, you're essentially a solo artist and then you have a joint project, but I know you guys do a lot of crossover beyond that. I've seen. Yeah. 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 We both, we've, we've mostly, we're starting to, to get back into the wildlife stuff for the last couple of years. We've been more focused on our solo project, yeah. but there's some new fun, weird things being made. Yeah. <laughs> So tell me, I'm just curious about like from a production point of view, uh, how deep are you into like getting your hands into 
production, engineering? I mean, what are you, what are the things you enjoy or don't enjoy? Yeah, I'm. It's actually changing right now because for a long time, I mean, I, I came from a folk background for just musically, and so for a long time, my production was simple, and it's gotten more and more involved over the years. And and of course, doing wildlife is like this whole realm that I just love. I love. Da- I'm a dancer, and so I just love making dance music. Um, but uh, the production side has more been other people. Um, recent albums, I've worked with a producer. I love okay. producing and co-producing songs. Um, but again, the hands-on production stuff is usually the other person. I'll like have a bajillion ideas, but they're kind of making it happen. Um, so only just recently, I'm like really diving into actually a whole new live setup that involves Ableton, which is then making me just get to know Ableton and, and actually record what I'm doing differently. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting into it more. It's really, really fun. Yeah. Cause like doing things live and doing it in the studio, it, it is pretty different, I guess yeah. for most folks. And I would imagine that could be a little frustrating when like, I've always had to engineer and do my own stuff because there was nobody else. Like yeah. I just had to, learn it over the years and I really enjoy it, but it also can sometimes be, especially early on, you're just like, I don't know how to get this sound I want. I don't know how this stuff works. And you just totally. you learn as you go. And it's, yeah, it's definitely something I'm, I'm inquiring into right now. I'm, I'm just gonna, gonna see it where it leads, but I love when I'm producing a song or co-producing a song with someone, I, I just, I love the string swells. I love the big, Bass. I love the, I just have a, so many ideas for kind of, I love really epic kind of sounds. And then when I go to play it live, it either requires that I have a huge band or some band and a backing track. Um, and so I'm, yeah, I'm playing with potentially the idea of like, just produce it however the hell I want to produce it and then perform it differently just yeah. in a live way. And then the third thing that I'm really getting into now is, um, is actually having totally different versions of the song that are way that are more for dancing to. Um, so getting mm-hmm. into more of that side of production. Um, I enjoy, I don't know, it's, it's fun to have multiple versions of a song. It, it keeps it kind of fresh. Totally. For me yeah. Too, have so. you ever thought about like if you're getting into Ableton, have you ever thought about doing a DJ set of your album where you're singing and doing all the stuff over it, but it like it's more of like a three, you know, keeps it going for like an hour? Yeah, I've thought of that. I I kind of I think because I'm like more based in the live like acoustic realm as my roots, I have sometimes a hard time just like singing over my own tracks. Yeah, because there's some I, part of me that I, feels no, like. Believe me, I get it, but um, you know, I think from I think a dance I, I, perspective, you know? totally, and I think of it differently for for producers. I'm like, well, that makes sense, but for some reason, for me, it doesn't. For myself, um, so there's no there's no like any feelings about other people doing it. It's more just like I think it's just something I need to get comfortable with because I know it would be fun, and it's what I do with Wildlight. Like it's essentially what we're doing on stage, so. Yeah, but I, I I love looping. I do a lot of live looping, and so I'm that's that's the next layer that's happening now is doing a lot more um, intricate live looping and actually mm-hmm. kind of remixing my own songs in mm-hmm. the moment. Totally. Um, so, what yeah. was your first looper? My first I know looper. What mine was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Okay, I'll go first, and then you say you yours. Go first. Uh, yeah. Jam Man by Digitech. Jam Man. Mine was the Head Rush, the Akai. Oh, oh. I think cool. I saw Katie Tunstall using it, and I was like, okay, I could, I'll cool. try that one. Foot, it was just a single one. loop. Yeah, I mean, you That's could use cool. your hand or your foot, but it yeah. was just one, one loop. I'm not even sure if it had undo. Maybe it does. Might like you had to mono. hold it down. That's what mine did. It was Maybe. one loop, but you had to hold it down to undo the last thing. But yeah. there was no like timing to it. Nope. <laughs> and then I got into like I'm trying to remember the path I took to where I tried the boss stuff, never worked for me. I didn't like the sound or it, uh -huh. I didn't like how I don't know, it didn't work for me. Yeah. And um I think did I tried Did you do the electro others. harmonics? I did that one first. Yeah, second. that one that's like got four. I yeah. messed with that a bit. Um but eventually I found the boomerang loopers. And that just worked for me because um, there's stereo and they're, I think it's like 24 bit coming through it. It just oh, sounded cool. good and it just worked for me. And cool. I still use those, but That's I was awesome. eventually able to input in um, a MIDI into it. Like, so it can re, it can sync to like yeah. Ableton or something if I want it to. Totally. But I can't save anything in it, but that's okay. It's just like totally just live. That's awesome. Um, yeah, the, after I, I started using voice live touch cause it could sync, but it wasn't super reliable. And so then I started using the boss, um, the black one that's like four loops, yeah. or five loops. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, what, now I'm blanking on the number. It's the newer. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Four, five yeah. fifty or something. I don't remember. Um, so I've been, I've been using that one for a really long time and I'm just transitioning to a new one. Um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. My a friend actually who's a musician, Vince Simo, is making. He's made this this looper that's fully integrated with Ableton, and he's actually programming like whole new plugins for looping within Ableton. It's pretty epic. So it's not I'm, the data looper. It is, is the it? data looper. Oh yeah, I have one over there. I just oh haven't gosh. used it much. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's definitely like I'm in the learning curve right now, but it's yeah, it's definitely opening up whole world. So. Yeah. Well, I, I imagine was, <laughs> it's cool too, because I would imagine you could sort of ultimately have it do what you want it to do. And that's sort of been something I've been interested in in the totally. future. Um, yeah. Or you could have like multiple, multiple on stage doing this, you know, you just have different like spots if you want to bounce totally. over here and it's triggering the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm using it with an Akai controller. So it's, it's pretty, like I said, I'm still in the learning phase, but, uh, but it's pretty fun. Yeah, it'd be badass. I mean, yeah, and you can also. What's cool too is through that Ableton. I know we're just getting in the weeds here, right? I didn't even, I didn't even start <laughs> big and work in, but um, whatever. It's <laughs> um, cool is you can you can send whatever you want of all your looping stuff into your own um, in ears mix that you, and it's yeah. like always the same, like always, yeah. you know. And yeah. you can totally design how you want that to sound. Yeah. And that's really handy, I find. Because yeah. then you're yeah. just like, you don't have to rely on wherever you are. Totally. All that stuff. Yeah. And the, yeah, it's it's nice to be, uh, I feel like every, every bit that I can make my setup tighter so that it's one less thing <laughs> to think yeah. about and worry about on stage is just a really good move because. There's yeah. already a lot to think about when you're getting ready for a set. I, I'm, I, um, 
we had a conversation on this show with uh, artist Caitlin Aurelia Smith, who does some really amazing uh, analog synthesis. And I was oh, like, cool. how do you tour? You know, what do you do? And she's like, I've developed my entire system. I can get into like a backpack. And I was like, I'm so jealous. That yeah, is right? so amazing. <laughs> she's like, just pull it out. Boop, boop. Uh, but, you know, really, you get into the whole um, duplicate computer setups that mm -hmm. some people have. I don't have that. Yeah. Uh, I would like to. But I was I saw this band I and they were playing before me or after me. And they had the whole thing. They're from the UK and they had this whole rack unit duplicate and you had to see the switch in front of him where he could just hit the switch and it switch system so it's wow. theoretically seamless but they, <laughs> they start playing and the whole system just goes dead and yeah they're like oh he's hitting the switch you it's know nothing's happening <laughs> yeah and they look they look over on the wall and basically the power cable will come out of the wall it's like the basics it's like yeah or that some happens. power strip you know piece of shit power strip failed yeah and it's like you can have a $10,000 setup and it's like, well, it still plugs into the wall. Totally. <laughs> Which is why I think I'll always bring a guitar with me. Then maybe all else fails. <laughs> Smart lady. <laughs> Sing into yeah. a microphone or something. But yeah, 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 it's definitely, it's an edge for me for sure to, to bring more technology in. I think yeah. I, in my mind, I was actually probably around two, well yeah two years ago I did a ton of touring in 2019 and I had a band with me and I was kind of leaning towards just more band and less tracks and cool. um and then I don't know so there's you know like with everyone there's been like profound inner and outer shifts this last year and a half and and I've just um I think I've just come to a place of really I still want to do the band thing but really appreciating simplicity and really appreciating being able to do more a bigger sound by myself if I want to or have have a guest here and there you know but just yeah just just having the option for simplicity um feels nice although more technology doesn't necessarily mean simplicity. <laughs> yeah but I feel you like there's a balance between the the excitement of having other players in a band, which is amazing, but it's the, you know, the levels and magnitudes of cost and work involved yeah. is huge compared yeah. to like, if you can pull it off alone, I mean, it needs to satisfy you artistically to do it, totally. alone. but if mm -hmm. it does, it's like, man, it opens up so many opportunities, some gigs you couldn't have done before. Yeah. And, and you think about like one cool thing is like, if if you make this setup, which I assume you will, there's the flexibility to like in looping, like, well, I want to add a loop or actually, oh, this sounds cool. I'm going to change this. You don't really have to communicate anything to anybody else. You can really take it places yeah. and not worry about, oh, we rehearsed this or that. Are they going to follow this change? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to to just get to yeah, just like go with where the moment is calling and just see. I, I've definitely had that feeling of like, okay, we need to rehearse. We need to all know what's going on. Even if there is a moment of improvisation, it's planned where it is, you know? And so, um, yeah, that's definitely, I'm excited to, mostly right now, I'm just really excited to get comfortable on this new system because then oh, it will allow you. me to yeah. do all that stuff. <laughs> I just changed yeah. this keyboard over here and it's, it's basically just a newer version and it's taken me months just to yeah. like feel 
like ready to go and i'm still kind of like uh i don't know yeah. everything's in a different place and like it's got different sounds and i have to learn all this stuff and get they're all instruments it. it's like learning a whole new yeah whole new instrument each time yeah That's yeah cool. well cool um so tell me a little bit about um like your creative process in general Do, are you someone who likes to work from a place of improvisation and, and making the loops to, to as a way of writing or how, what serves as the Genesis point or m- more pointedly t- walk us through like what the creative life is like for you, because it's interesting to know for some people, some people are like, you know, comes when it comes and I just wait. Or some people are like, no, 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 no. I got to like chop that wood at least a little bit every day. Otherwise yeah, I'm, I'm a mess. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is different all the time and changing all the time, but, um, it's kind of, it's, it's such a part of me to write songs that it, it happens often. I would say a few times a week, there's something being created. Generally it's not on the loop pedal, although this new setup is probably going to change all sorts of things. Um, but usually, usually it just, I think as a singer, it usually just comes in my mind and through my voice. And then I kind of am like, okay, which instrument should I go to based on what, what I'm hearing in my head? Um, I also just love writing words. So I, I give a lot of time to that too, just to play with words and to push my own edges with finding new ways of saying things and trying to get at the essence. Do you, of do, you do that first? or in the process of creating the music it's in the process um sometimes words will come through and i'll just write them but generally it's melody i would say the melody sometimes words land with the melody but generally there's some kind of melody i'm very melody me too at the forefront um yeah i hear that in your music Uh, i think that's what not um, a lot of words, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, but like really, as you can tell, but <laughs> those beautiful, like the the kind of melodies that you're like, oh, that's so good. I love that. So, I um, yeah, I I usually start there, and then you know the which instrument I choose, playing around with different rhythms and tempos, and like that all will change the words immediately. Um, so. So a lot of it's like just playing with different ideas. And um, I try to be really, it's like, on the one hand, I have a relationship with songwriting that feels a lot, it's like listening, like just getting really receptive for whatever I'm sensing or, you know, I have this like feeling of like, there's these muses and they're trying to give me something. And I'm just like, okay, I just got to get open and just like be ready. But then it's also a conversation. It's like, then as I start engaging in the process, there's um, like, it's more of a, um, an exploration and, and the more, um, I guess the more curious and kind of playful I can get. Playful is almost not the right word because some songs I'm coming from a place of maybe sorrow or, you know, something where it's not so light, but, um, but that kind of curious spirit that is wondering how does this want to be um the main way that i stop up my channel is if uh too much bread 
yeah, if I just start like, (laughs) oh, this needs to be something. This needs to like sound good. Or I'm writing a song right now for people. Like even that thought can can get messy. Oh God. Yeah. If anyone's like, I got to write something catchy or hits the kiss of death. I mean, uh, yeah, that's always a tough thing. I had something like that happen to me recently where I had to write something for someone to do something with. And it was someone I was a real fan of. And I was just like, man, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Yeah. Just, just make sound, make noise like you yeah. always do. And yeah. don't worry about it. Um, totally. For for someone who, you know, we kind of alluded to this at the beginning of the conversation, this, this, um, this community that we're in musically, and it has, I suppose, a spiritual edge to it, an environmental edge. Some would call it a conchy edge, consciousness edge, psychedelic edge, whatever, whatever it is. Um, but being immersed, immersed in that scene for this long, um, I'm curious, like, what you kind of feel like, what that experience has been like for you as a woman, mm. moving through that, and sort of the unique perspective that might bring. And some of the blind spots maybe in this scene, like how it's different for women in the scene. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate the question. I feel like, um, I think in some ways it's maybe, um, less there can, there can often be more consciousness, you know, the, the industry still, even in the conscious music scene is still like of the, you know, the festivals and the, um, the stages or stage hands or the sound guy, like oftentimes they're men, but in that, I think in the conscious scene, there can be more consciousness. Um, and, and so comparatively, I think it can be, um, yeah, there can just be, I can, I feel sometimes more attention to maybe respect or just like being treated that's good same way um and you know i've experienced for sure like lots of moments where you know the sound guy you know assumes i don't know anything about tech or you know um talks to david instead of me as we're setting up for wild light you know or these subtle things it's never been anything like super huge but um, like on that end as a musician, I feel like I just, you know, I noticed that. And I, and I, I know that we're still balancing a lot in all these realms and, and figuring it out, but I appreciate the attention. I appreciate that you even asked that question. You know, it's like, it's on the consciousness of like how, um, how to bring balance to something that's, you know, maybe there's been a lot of imbalance accumulated over eons and so how can we bring awareness to it yeah on one level it's an industry that uh is easier for a man to be a part of or those who identify as men because um just on the level of like dressing rooms or bathrooms or or what you need even i don't know it's like it's it's kind of set up for men let alone like if you want to have a family or raise children uh, historically men are the one who kind of take off, you know, and then you get into a touring world and it's like, it's not as, it's not as easy. Um, and, and it's sort of like we've, like you said, there's a structure set up where 
uh, it's kind of accepted that like, yeah, well, I guess, you know, so-and-so is going to take off for a while because that's the job. And uh, yeah, so, so. Yeah. And that's an interesting inquiry too of like, what if we have a child, you know, like what mm -hmm. it's like, what would that look like? And, and that's been an interesting contemplation because I've noticed as a woman that there's a very strong idea in me that's, you know, put that I just have received from watching my, you know, mother or friends or whatever the world that like, if I have a child, it means I'm like not going to tour anymore or like, you know, something will drastically shift. And it's, but then I'm seeing models that are like showing me that that's totally not true. Um, so that's helpful too. I think there is a pretty big difference um, in that realm for women versus men. So, yeah. Well, is that a concern of yours? Like, you know, sort of like, like what's your miracle future for, you know, yourself? And Did you say miracle work? future? Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. the miracle future. Gosh. Um my miracle future. Um I I feel that I'm oriented towards um I guess for me my <laughs> how, does, how do you even Here answer? Here it comes. That? I can feel it. Well, it's, it's like I want more and more to orient towards being available for what wants to come through, whatever that is. And so I don't really have a strong feeling of like, I want this outcome or I want that outcome because really the outcome I want or the, the life that I want is to just get clearer and clearer and more and more aware and more and more present and and that everything else will will flow from that will happen and if that me means i'm meant to be a mother that that's what that message will come through or a child will come through and if not then i'm totally here for the other like whatever else and like the songs forever the creations forever and to just be clearer and clearer so that what comes through is clearer and clearer um in service to this planet really in service to to life um, and that has become, it, it's just getting, it was always clear, but it was kind of like in my head and it's moving into my whole body and heart now of like, actually mm -hmm. no, like, uh, yeah, the ego trips, they're just distracting. They're just so distracting and it's hard. It's hard to be in a path as a woman, especially, but, but in general, just a path of music where there's a lot of projection there's a lot of like we live in a culture that really idolizes fame in this interesting way and it really is I've come to a point of being like wow what a journey to be on constantly interacting with that side that wants to get inflated by people's adoration you know or like by something and it's like constantly asking me to get more real and dismantle whole parts of my idea of who I am, you know, and, um, or who I should be. So that's, it's beautiful. that's my miracle future. Did <laughs> that present. come, did that be, become more revealed in this last year and a half of yeah. the COVIDian era? The COVIDian or? era has revealed much. Yeah. Um, for sure. It's definitely, I mean, 
completely stopped touring. We started growing a lot more food, slowed way down. I've taken huge, what started as a social media fast for two weeks turned into a six or eight week long break and then has totally recalibrated. Like I've put it on a different phone. Like I don't even touch it a lot. Like doing a week without social media is now normal for me at random times. And um, it's just like, none of that stuff is as important. And it used to be such a pull, like all of the keeping up with things. And this is what other people are doing. I should do this too. Like, yeah, it's just not, it's so much more important to be clear. It's so much more important because, and, and there's an urgency that I feel that doesn't make me afraid, but it just, it, um, makes me focused. Um, focused on what's important with just witnessing what's going on with the planet. It just is like all the more important to be more clear and more available. Um, so yeah, so this you, last year has really helped a lot with that. You've used that word clear a few times. Like, <laughs> let me help define it by asking you, what's the dirt in the water? What's the opposing polarity of that? Oh, um, thoughts of the separate self. Yeah. Um, all the, all the thoughts of, yeah, all the thoughts of separateness, I guess, it's really what it comes down to. Um, the isolated sense of self, the things about like the me, me, me world. It's like, well, that's all there is protecting. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think, I, I think too, the thoughts of like, uh, I'm right. You're wrong. You're other. Like that, even the ideas of other, like this, this, um, yeah, it's like a, it's like a process of dismantling or letting dissolve those, those thoughts into a greater awareness of like, everything is connected at all times. I'm not actually separate. So what happens when I move from that awareness, then a lot of things that I used to be really concerned about with myself become really unimportant, really irrelevant. and. And then what is important becomes like a, a center and a clarity. Um, it emerges out of, out of the, uh, I guess presence just, just, <laughs> yeah. Presence kind of just allows those, those things to hold less. Sway. I'll often be telling Rada, my partner, about like some bullshit going on and like all the details. And then at the end, it kind of hit me. I'm like, but none of it matters. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Really? Eh. So then we die. Yeah. So sometimes you just got to air <laughs> that stuff out and let it move. And and that's really helpful. It's helpful to let stuff move, I think. Uh, as long as it, yeah, it's, it's like the attachment is where we get caught literally <laughs> yeah. so aside from changing that social media practice which sounds great um what other things came up in this last time period as things cleared away and broke down what has changed in your process in particular about your relationship to being uh, a musician by trade a creator mm. Like, are you, are you planning on touring less or yeah, like, you know, so is that, there a part of you that's like, I don't want to do certain things the same way. Exactly. I think that's been a really big one is, is feeling like I don't want to tour as much as I was touring. It was, I, 
2019 was definitely my biggest touring year I've ever had. And it was, there was a lot of growth and it was great. And I was exhausted by the end. And I really didn't feel connected to my songwriting. I didn't have time to record, you know, it was just really full on. And, um, I'm just, I'm definitely in a lot of reassessment of that. Um, I do notice that I'm very happy to be just focused on creating right now. Um, I'm in no hurry to tour. I know I will tour again, but I think I want it to be just a lot more intentional and less often. And that feels sustainable to my body and it feels sustainable to the earth more too. So it just feels right. Yeah. But I'll see what unfolds. I do love singing people live in the moment too <laughs> even though i'm kind I of know. there's a balance i <laughs> yeah. know there is a balance because you're like this feels great just not going places but then also there's mm-hmm. another part of you that wants to be fed too and yeah that that sense of that reciprocal energy of putting something out and then it's coming back and then you're giving back and then it's coming back yeah it's special totally yeah it's really special it's a very unique thing and so yeah, I think I think also the how how I do it is is being reassessed now too of like how could it what are the ways that it could just feel a lot less um like less pieces less pieces to manage simpler. Totally. Yeah. Honestly, isn't that kind of the main million dollar question is it's less the what you're doing and the how you do it yeah. at the end of the day. Totally. Because you could have, even if you had all sorts of things going on, it's going well, but what if it's just like, you're an asshole or you don't, you hate it or you're stressed or yeah. what's the point? Yeah. You know, um, like with everything, like I think about that all the time with, with, uh, what I, you know, with words, just even having a conversation, it's like not what you say, it's how, or it's not what you're doing it's how it's not what you're thinking it's how you know it's just like all of the how you're thinking wow i like that yeah (laughs) how you're thinking that's amazing someone said something the other day on a podcast i i misheard them but i thought they said the many doorways to death and they they said the many doorways to depth it was um erica's uh zelfin Sorry, I'm, I'm so embarrassed that I'm getting. I got anyway. Why I'm saying that? But I love. So you were it like, sometimes. that's the song title. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like anything that's like sort of like a koan. Where you're like, what does that mean? That's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's a cool way of uh, putting it. Erica Zelfin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doctor Erica. Nice. But um, <laughs> so I love that idea of like how we how we think. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm tr- I'm mm. actually in a process of totally tripping out on that right now in my life, just uh, doing deeper layers of inquiry, of self-inquiry and, and noticing it's that I think I've been operating on the what I'm thinking for a very long time. And now it's like the how and actually uh, being in the practice of us, like letting go of all, all my own beliefs about myself or life and just like, being curious about like what is who am I what is anyway I don't even know I don't know how to explain it sounds psychedelic um <laughs> always <laughs> so 
tell me tell me a bit about like uh the parts that kind of brought you together musically um the voice is a big part of how you create and you say that's kind of the main factor of what you're sort of supporting and putting out there it sounds like and mm-hmm. words are a way of transmuting those mm-hmm. um how did have you always been a singer or were there particular artists that you're like really inspired you or a particular show you saw and you're like wow i want to do something like that yeah yeah um bob dylan got me really really into writing words for songs prior to that i wrote a lot but i had never really written in a song format and something about i just in college i my senior year of college i got first junior i got really deep into bob dylan and and also neutral milk hotel who not many people know but um totally they um yeah, his songwriting, the way that he collages words and creates these like kind of abstract images with language. I I just, he actually, Jeff Mangum, is that his name of Neutral Milk Hotel? I believe so. I believe so. I'm not a super fan, but I've listened to it. I like it. Yeah. Um, he. I think those songs actually got me playing guitar and then guitar ended up being sort of a opening into songwriting because- right. He's, I don't know, something about that instrument. It just started songs coming through. And so, Cor- well, chord based yeah. usually, which is yeah. in a good way to, yeah, write songs. totally. And I think I'm, I, I'm realizing in recent, like the last year or two, really coming to realization that I'm very influenced by, by rhythm. And so, with guitar, there's often, it's pretty hard not to have a, I mean, you can kind of strum without rhythm, but, I was learning a lot of finger picking, which has a very kind of like, can have a, quite a rhythm, a percussive kind of feeling. And so I think yeah. that was also calling out a lot of stuff. Um, and then the loop pedal just changed everything. So it was like <laughs> a whole other realm. Technology. Yeah. Technology. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I'm a product of technology in the sense that like I didn't start recording and making music until 2001, which is like right at that marker when you could buy an mbox and have an imac and essentially uh-huh. record yourself and right. make albums and i so there's cool. no way i would be experimenting with all this stuff in a studio and it never would have developed yeah you know yeah so i mean a digital baby totally it's amazing how accessible it all is it's great my first album i just sung into the computer i didn't have a mic or anything sounds awesome yeah. um <laughs> What, what, right, this is a random so question, <laughs> random question, but, um, I kind of, there's a couple things I like in life. I like hats. I like coats. I like vocal mics uh-huh. and I have way too many of them. Nice. Uh, what do you like to use on stage for, or what have you come across that you're into? You know, I'm not a vocal mic aficionado. I'm getting schooled by the various producers that I'm working with, but, but on um, stage, on stage, on stage are I you like the- whatever? I use the beta 58. I have a beta 58. Um, and part of that is actually because of wild light and I've just gotten used to using it for my live setup too. It's solid. It is solid. solid. Yeah. Yeah. And I like it. And the, the reason we use it is it's got a lot of high end and it would cut a little better through for the tracks. Um, yeah. But then I recently invested in a wireless beta 58, which is extra fun because I realized, wow, if I'm not tied to something, I can like dance everywhere. So that's fun. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, randomly, there's this mic maybe be good for you called the uh, MD80, the Telefunken. Okay. 
it has this nice, oh. beautiful high and a little scoop. And I think for female vocals, down. yeah, I don't know if it's wireless, but it might, they might have a wireless version and it comes in all sorts of cool colors and stuff. I got one that was wood. That was kind of beautiful. Oh, cool. That's awesome. It has a nice weight to it, but I feel it's like not I've super been expensive. recommended to that one before. If you like the high end, you know, um, that one's got a nice one. Yeah. Well, what I'm coming to realize I'm, I've been toying with a few mics with recent recording sessions um, and of other people that like producer, different producers, mics. And, and I think I actually sound better on a warm mic. Um, yeah. It's just a different quality. So I like that for recording, but we'll see. Everything's changing. Yeah. I'm all, I feel like every year I'm always like, oh, I want to try this other one. And yeah. then, um, so I, I, whatever your latest one's sort of the favorite. And the one I have yeah. now, I, I'm really enjoying. But uh, What's your stage mic? I sing like a girl. So that's why I thought it'd be relevant to you. Oh, uh, cool. It's, um, I, it's the Sennheiser MD431, I believe. Okay. Or, yeah. And I had the um, vintage version. And I got that because it was like back in the day, it was like Prince, Whitney Houston, Stevie Wonder, they're all using this mic. And I was like, I want to get one of the old ones, you know, it sounds yeah. cool. And it's cool. The old one's cool, but they, they remade it. And I saw, uh, you know, Owen Pallet. you ever heard of him? He's no. amazing. You should talk about looping. Okay. I mean, the, the, oh. the greatest loop I've ever seen ever. Too. And he's in Arcade Fire, but he has his own thing that's truly truly incredible live artist and he that's what he sings through and he's all about it so it was on my radar that's cool and some other people use it but and then i tried it and i was like oh yeah it's 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 kind of like it's very very smooth and it sits back a bit but it's nice for what i'm doing and so it's, it's really easy to sing into that's cool yeah it's i think for live i tend to need something that can kind of sit on top a bit more because of yeah the nature of not knowing how it's going to sound in a room. And if I'm, I like, I think because I do pay a lot of attention to words, I like my lyrics to be at least somewhat audible <laughs> in the live setting. You want people to hear your words? Oh, okay. <laughs> I know it's yeah. really radical. I don't know if anyone's um, listening, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, it goes the other direction too. Like Bjork, I heard her say that she's like, whatever you know and she yeah. uses uh 58 on stage so does bono yeah. and so do a lot yeah. of people yeah but then you know it, so really it's like whatever works for you yeah it works totally um, <laughs> and when have you ever found that when you're doing the vocal processing live that if you have that going straight into your system you get some feedback issues sometimes with like big front of house systems or have you, um, it's been okay for you you mean like in monitors or i usually use in oh, just so. in, well, sometimes like, you know, like when the effects are coming from you versus the oh, front of the house and yeah. if it's overdone, it's causes some problems because they can't be adjusted by anybody. You know, you're right. just up there in those boxes, those looper boxes. You know, sometimes. I think honestly, the, the, the reason I haven't is because I've pretty much gone to in-ears and so there's mm-hmm. just not as much sound happening on the stage because basically yeah. I just tell them like, turn off the, mo-. like, I just, yeah, yeah, me too. I have. Um, unless I'm with a band, in which case, I guess, yeah, there is monitors happening usually, but it definitely simplifies things. It's right. hard though. I mean, it's, it's like 
for every one show that you feel really great about the sound there's like four that you're like god was that any good like and everyone's like that was awesome and you're like i couldn't hear myself i so. know it's kind of everything <laughs> is how you hear the sound on stage and um I've, yeah, if it's just so many, if you're not, I don't know if you tour with a sound person, I don't, I, I look forward to that in the near future, I hope, but I've had all sorts of crazy situations where like you do the sound check and then later on you start the show and you're like, okay, you're up there kind of judging what you're hearing based, you know what I mean? You can kind of yeah. feel it in the room, the bass and stuff. And as this, my set went on, it felt like it was just getting quieter and quieter like it's almost, like, almost like air was going out of a balloon. It's like, and I kept turning it up and up and it go down and down and up and up. And I kept, and afterwards I said, man, what was going on? It just felt like it got quiet. It felt like I was playing through this. He's like, oh, it was just these people. It was too loud for them. So I just kept bringing it down. I was like, oh I can't God. control it. I was like, we didn't discuss this. Like, yeah, totally. You know, like, it's like there's there was no bass anymore, and there was no, and I would hit yeah. something, and I'm get supposed to do something, but now it's not. It's not what we planned. He just yeah. changed. He just changed his mind. You totally. Know? I know, like a little communication would be nice. It's it's frustrating. I, I don't know about you, but you get those are the parts I don't miss about touring. Yeah, or you know, if you're in an opening <laughs> slot and you show up and they're like, "Oh, you're the opener," and they they get high, and then they're like, "Okay, let's start the sound check." And I'm just like, "You guys are not at all paying attention to any of this." Like, there's yeah. gonna be a lot of people here. I had one hours. of those. I had one of those on the last tour. Uh, that for sure, I was. I was like, man, everyone's really high. Like, <laughs> yeah. they do not know what's going on. Luckily, my brother was on tour with me, and he's a sound guy, even though that wasn't his job on that tour. Thank God. He was like, hitter. yeah, and it was a little tense because it was kind of like he was losing his temper at a certain point, not overly, but just like getting legitimately frustrated at like, there's like, it's really simple what we're asking you to do here. <laughs> right. So, yeah, right, that right. happens. Yeah. yeah. I, I've had situations where like anytime something's wrong, immediately like, well, it's it's your system. There's something yeah. wrong. And I'm like, yeah. why don't we just check, you know, this cable and it's nine times out of ten, it's like a bad XLR cable yeah. from the house or something like that. So funny. Um, hey, quick question. Am I being record like is my voice <laughs> being recorded? Of course. It's a okay. podcast. Okay. Yeah. Just because I can I've see never... these little lines on the bottom oh, and I, I can't. Say, tell. I've never had someone ask me. <laughs> If they're being recorded, I'm like, By this is way. definitely being recorded. Um, Wait, are you going to share this with me? <laughs> <laughs> I see that happened once. That happened once. Uh, Krishna Das didn't know that I was recording a podcast. And after the fact, he's like, I didn't know that was a podcast. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> and we had to like fix some things. But I was cool. like, I'm sorry. So, uh, yeah, maybe I should be really clear about that. It's like, no, I meant like logistically. I'm seeing these little like sound wave lines and I don't see them for when I'm talking. And so I just want to oh. make sure. Well, it's funny. I see them for you, but I don't see them for me. Great. But, perfect. Um, I, I only I see them for you. Yeah. I'm recording. I record myself as well on my own system here. Um, okay, perfect. So hopefully, okay. hopefully we'll be okay. Great. <laughs> um, well, let's as we're rounding the corner here. Um, maybe you, you could talk to us a bit about like. Well, we could go a few different directions. I mean, I'm curious what you're kind of hopeful for in general, or if you're hopeful, and mm -hmm. you know what it is that you're hopeful for, whether it's personal or professional or beyond that. Um, well, let's start there before I take it to the next step. I'm a very hopeful person, but 
like it's not a blind hope it's it's like um i don't know maybe i use that word differently it's kind of like belief um in possibility and that's how i'm just oriented because i i sort i, I feel that we we are that our thoughts are very powerful and we're creating with those thoughts and um in this kind of you know metaphysical reality of of existence and so for me hope is is that um staying open to possibility and believing that what that something really powerful and beautiful is possible knowing that it is more possible by me believing in it and so i orient myself towards that um for myself and for the collective and for the planet. And um, I feel like I'm more useful when I orient that way. I've found that when I don't, when I get into like a tailspin about humanity or my life or something that it's just not very useful. It's not helpful. It doesn't help anything. It usually just creates more of the same energy. So I tend to want to be helpful and to, to move to do my little part in this grand puzzle of existence that we're all made of to, to live into what's possible. And, and so part of that is in my mind with how I orient, I guess, how I think. It's, it's kind of <laughs> crazy because uh, it sounds like I fed you that answer only because like my <laughs> album's called possible right now. We have a little oh. campaign going called what's possible. That's the hashtag. And it's like, so I'm I I vibe that totally. It's about nice. <laughs> choosing it a bit and dreaming it, you know. And catch East Forest uh, new album coming out soon. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> oh my god, that's really beautiful. But I really believe um, all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did not talk. But about I'm also dismantling my own beliefs, so I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, uh, it's it's all metaphor anyway, right? Self. Right. Like, right. Yeah. We're all just experiencing. Okay. Well, what do you have going on right now? If we do want to just let people know about what you have and where they can find you. Yes. Um, right now there's a lot of, lot, a lot of new music happening and I'm, I'm excited actually, even though I know it's, it's kind of where the industry is going due to Spotify and stuff. Um, but I'm releasing more singles. I used to just strictly do albums and um, the recent single that was just released, Breath I Breathe, is kind of one of the first singles that I've released. Um, I've done some that are kind of like pre-album releases, but now I'm more just doing like songs that are just given as themselves with no real discussion of the album to come, even though there will be an album. Right. Um, and I actually like this model right now because I've put a lot of care and just a lot goes into each song. And so to give it by itself feels really nice. Because um, oftentimes I have the feeling of like working for like two or even sometimes three years on an album. And then it's like all of these songs. And I've worked so hard on every song and the whole thing just goes out at once. And all of these songs kind of like slip through the cracks, it feels like. So um, but I'm doing more of that and I'm excited. Cause I've, yeah, I'm going to be releasing a lot of singles coming up and, um, yeah. And everything, there's new videos. There's, I have an online course that is for helping 
anyone who wants support with um, opening their um, creative listening, their voice, their songwriting, like just being more available that way. Um, it's called The Living Song. So all of everything's on my website, which I'm sure you can. But let's say it. it oh, is. it's my name, alanario.com. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes yeah. as well. Um, yeah. Wonderful. Well, what are um, you working on? What's coming what up I, for you? What am I working on? Well, I just released that possible album, and oh, we, it's just released. It's out. Yeah, now. a couple of weeks ago, and <laughs> it. We also released it like a song at a time, too. Awesome. So it wasn't just one day; it went over several months. And oh, I'm so excited to dive into that. Yeah, Yay. it's it's cool. It's definitely my pandemic-y thing, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> two two albums came out of the pandemic, but they're very different. There's that one mm-hmm. and then another one coming up soon. But that's going on. And then I, I do this podcast. We I do some retreats that are have been delayed. And so the the first one is coming back after two years soon. So cool. that's I'm on my mind, making me a little nervous because it's been a while, but yeah, and it's a whole new world. Yeah. Um, but just, and that's like you, just thinking about how to get back into touring, and and I'm sure you felt in the last month or six weeks or so, like sort of this tidal wave of the world being like, all right, let's plan this for 2022, and what about this? What about this? And I'm just like, I don't know, I don't yeah. know. And then here we are, like stumbling, where now everything's starting to be like, well, I don't know if that can happen anymore in a month yeah. or two. And actually, so, yeah. We so got a little ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. little frustrating, but it's also just like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just trying to roll with it. And I've also been pretty creatively active over the, the time. And that, feel, that feels good. So the, it's the business stuff that's probably been the most stressful. And I need to just yeah. keep that attitude of remembering that we all die. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, life's short. If not now, when? That's been my mantra lately. If not now, when? Because we're going to die. <laughs> In go. a good way. In yeah. a happy way. That'll be the title <laughs> of this podcast. It'll be Island Nario, We All Die. We um, all die, but in a nice, happy way. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. It was wonderful to chat and uh, look forward to doing it another time. Yeah, thank you so much. This is lovely. Look forward to it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ayla, for coming on the show. It was great to get to know you, and I look forward to crossing paths creatively or musically in the world. Uh, check out her check out her stuff. It's really beautiful, and she has lots of new releases always in the works. This song that you're hearing in the background is called What Is, and this is from The Possible Album, which is my new studio record that is out now in full. The vinyl is in the store. Even if it says out of stock or pre-order, it's there. You can get it. Um, this album, this particular song, features Thatcher Schmid and Owen Hoffman Smith on the violin and the contrabass, respectively. And I had that sort of piano part and the pulsing, uh, there's like that synth, repetitious synth, ostinato looping thing in the background. And I kind of felt like that synth thing represents what is like law in the universe and then the piano and the and the double bass and the violin were all dancing and swimming around it in the great maya of life so that's kind of where that came from and i really love how it came out and we each played our parts independently and then it just became sort of an editing comping job for me to move things around so it got the flow and the conversation that i liked 
Well, thanks so much, guys, for listening. We will catch you next week. And for now, keep walking that walk. Don't take any shit. But if you do, you know what to do. Do it with grace. Grace.